crack up to be. A few years ago, there was a, a commercial that you all will remember, I'm sure, one of the more well-known commercials in the history of advertising, and it was for a cell phone provider. And the guy on the commercial kept asking, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And we all know the frustration when you're trying to connect with someone and you lose that connection. A few weeks ago, Lisa and I were driving across Arizona, coming home from visiting our family or coming back to this area from visiting our family in, in Colorado. And, and as we were driving, our, our daughter Julie called. And Julie's kind of like me. She doesn't always want to talk, but when she does, watch out, all right, because she's got a lot to say. And it was one of those moments. And we had a good cell connection. She called. We are talking. And, and then all at once, she dropped off. And we'd call again. And uh, after she'd just be going, you know, and, and when we get her back, she'd say, where was I? You know, when it, when it dropped off, where, where was I? And, and, uh, and then I'd try and kind of tell her about our trip and the time we were having, and, and it'd drop off. And it was so frustrating. We finally just said, oh, forget it. Just forget it. Uh, maybe we'll try later. Just forget it. You know, I think that when it comes to prayer, a, a lot of times we're very similar in that frustration. We wonder, is there really a connection there? We wonder, uh, can, can you really hear me? We wonder, God, are you truly there? And sometimes we think, well, maybe I, I'm doing it wrong. I need to maybe pray in a different way or, or maybe more, more passionate prayers. And, and then we think, God, can you hear me, can you hear me now? And, and often the frustration leads us to say, well, just forget it. Maybe we'll try again later. But for now, it just doesn't seem to be working very well for me at all. And many who intend to live a life of prayer to enjoy communication in a relationship with God. Never do get around to one of the greatest connections we have in all of the Christian life because we get frustrated in the course of it. I've been up front with our church over the years that I know of no more difficult spiritual discipline than prayer. I'm not a super Christian, but I can tell you I really enjoy reading the Bible. I mean, just for the entertainment value, I mean, what you find in the Bible is incredible, but you talk about a connection while reading Scripture. Man, my spirit is fed on a daily basis. God ministers to me. I find reading the Bible really an enjoyable part of my life and my Christian life, but there are those moments when praying when you wonder, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Prayer is different than Bible reading in the sense that we're talking to a God we can't see at all times. We don't always sense His presence in that way. We, we wonder, is this getting through? But here's the great news today, the premise upon which we'll build this study. The good news is this. Yes, God is listening. Yes, the connection is there. Yes, God answers prayers. And the lines of communication with God are open to us with Him as we go to Him in prayer. Uh, we've already talked about it today. We're in the midst of this series we've called Connections. We started by talking about the most important connection in all of life, and that's our relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And, and the Apostle Paul repeatedly talked about being with Christ, with Christ, with Christ. And that's the great connection. That's where it all begins. Last week, we talked about our connection with our local church. And God's desires that every Christian would be a part of a local church family, a place where we would serve, a place where we would give, a place where we would grow, a place where we would receive help, a place through which we could give help. God's will for your life, I can say this with absolute certainty, God's will for your life is that you would be connected to a local church 
family. And today we're moving on to consider this connection with God through the avenue, through the means of prayer. And I I believe this message we're going to cover today is a hope-filled one. Uh, It's encouraging, and uh, I believe we can be helped greatly. And so if you're able today, I'd like to invite you to join me in standing, if you would. (coughs) Psalm chapter 86 is where we're going to be today. Psalm chapter 86, and, and uh, I'm going to read this entire psalm, so don't check out on me as we go through this, all right? I want you to uh, go all the way through this psalm with me, and uh, then we'll come back and, and we'll uh, teach through it. So in verse 1, the psalmist David writes this, Bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul of of thy servant. I'm going to read on, but when he says rejoice the soul of thy servant, he's saying bring joy again, joy. For unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I'll call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods, there's none like unto thee, O Lord. Neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name, for thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I'll walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord, my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forever. For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. O God, the proud are risen against me, and the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul and have not set thee before them. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, and long-suffering, and plenteous, and mercy, and truth. I'm going to read on, but listen, that verse, verse 15, you talk about a great verse to help us understand our God. I mean, that's really the theology of God in a single verse. We've got a wonderful God. He's compassionate, and gracious, and He's patient with us, and merciful, and He's the source of all truth. Verse 16 says, O turn unto me, and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant, and save the son of thine handmaid. Show me a token for good, that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed, because thou, Lord, hast hope in me and comforted me. I want you, if you would please, to go back to verse 1. And in the midst of verse 1, just about exactly in the middle, we, we find these words, O Lord, hear me. O Lord, hear me. That's the heart of a person of prayer. And I want us to think of this together today. Our Father, we are grateful for this morning, for the privilege we have of being here in in this place, in your presence with one another. And I pray, God, as we study your word, that our hearts would be open, that we would not leave here uh, empty of that which you'd have for us today. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. 
As we really jump into the heart of this message today, I've got to begin by taking a little bit of a survey. So I'm going to ask you to cooperate with me if you would, if you'd be so kind. And, and uh, I want to begin today by asking, how many of you have ever really completely, totally, utterly loved someone? You, you uh, were committed to them. You, you would take the proverbial bullet for them. You know what it is to say, I love somebody and I want to spend as much time as I possibly can with that person. How many of you know what I'm talking about when I say that? How many of you have ever had that very same person be the source of utter and complete and abject irritation in your life, all right? That dynamic. It's like, I love this person, but they're driving me crazy right now. I think we know uh, how that works. That's just kind of part and parcel with, with relationships in life. I can tell you of all the people in my life, nobody means more to me than my wife, and I have to confess to you today that I've never one time irritated her like that. Never one time. No, uh, I probably, she's not in this service. I think she'll be in the next one. She would correct me. I can say, I have not irritated irritated her like that today. All right, I'm sure I have at some point along the way. But, but in all the relationships we have, even the very best relationships we have in life, we know what it is to really be passionate about someone, but still there are bumps in the road and, and we can get irritated. I heard of one couple that was having a problem and, and they, man, I'm telling you, their communication degenerated to like grade school level. They stopped talking to one another. They froze one another out. They, they said, uh, that's it. We're not speaking anymore, but they still had to communicate. So they started writing notes one to another, you know, and this went on for a couple days. And, and uh, one night the husband was going to bed and his wife was a very early riser and he left a note for his wife. He said, please wake me up at six tomorrow. I have to catch a flight for work. And uh, he left that note on his wife's side of the bed and, and uh, he woke up the next morning. He felt unusually refreshed and he thought, wow, I feel good this morning. And he looked at the clock and it was already after eight. And he was irritated. He thought, I told her, you know. And uh, he rolled over to get out of bed and there was, there was a note there uh, on his side of the bed that said, it's, it's 6 a.m., wake up. Okay, so they, they were communicating, just not in the very best way. And, and sometimes that's what happens in communication. It just kind of, it goes to a level where it's just barely getting by. It's not anything near what it needs to be. Uh, communication and a lack thereof really uh, can impact relationships, even the best of relationships. And, and the relationships may still be there, but they would not be all that they could be. Every relationship needs communication, and our relationship with God is, is no different. And of course, we communicate with God by prayer. And evidently, American people believe in prayer. Frankly, I was a little bit surprised with what I'm about to share with you next, but I found a, a study done by the National Opinion Research Center in Chicago, and, and if their study and their findings are accurate, they discovered that 60% of American people claim to pray every single day. 60%. 78% of American people say that at least once a week they'll spend time in prayer. Now, this next stat was the hardest to believe of, of all that that report gave. They said only 1% of Americans say they never pray. That means 99% of Americans say, yeah, I at least pray sometimes. Amazing. So we're living in a land where people believe in prayer. What, whatever their, their view of prayer may be, whatever their understanding uh, uh, is of the subject of prayer, the majority of people in America say they believe in prayer and practice prayer. But I would imagine if I pulled Christians and said, how's your prayer life going? I think most of us would probably say, well, it's there, but it could be better. There's room for improvement. It could be more than it is now. Some might say it's really good sometimes, and other times not so good. 
If you've prayed much, you no doubt have wondered at times, how is this really going? Is God really hearing? Is God really answering? Now, I'm going to let myself off the hook in this message. I'm going to take a little bit of the pressure off myself today and tell you right up front, there is no one message that's going to answer all the questions we could have about prayer. And there's a reason for that. We're to grow in our understanding of prayer throughout our Christian lives. But we do find in this chapter that I read a moment ago a bunch of great answers to really the most asked questions about prayer. And as we jump into this text today, I think, again, we're going to be helped greatly. And so if you're someone that wants to know what it is to have that relationship with God, where you not only hear from Him through His Word, but you're communicating with Him through the avenue of prayer, here's some questions we're going to look to today and answers we'll find from the Word of God. So if you have your notes nearby, I want you to take those out. If you're ready to get in this with me, say amen. 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 Here's the first question I want us to look to and then find God's answer on. Number one, why should I pray? Why should I pray? Now, Psalm 86 that we read a moment ago is written by a man who was a man of prayer, but it's helpful for us to know that Psalm 86 was a prayer. It was a written prayer. David, through the inspiration of God, he, he's pouring his heart out to the Lord, and as David begins, he shows us all while we, why we need to pray. He opened by saying this, Bow down thine ear, O Lord. Hear me, and listen to what he says, for I'm poor and I'm needy. In verse 2, he says this, save thy servant. He he said, I need saving. In verse 16, he said this, have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant and save the son of thine handmaid. Now, it seems clear that this man of prayer prayed to God because he realized he had some incredible needs. In fact, if I counted accurately, about 15 different requests in this single chapter of Scripture are poured out to God. Some of them are repeated. They're they're poured out really rapid fire with a sense of urgency and a passion. This prayer is coming from the heart of someone that says, God, I have needs I cannot meet. I absolutely need you in my life. Needs are something that we all have in common. Not just with David, but I mean all of us share needs in in common. And God is the place to go. And in Matthew's gospel, we read this. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all things. God knows our need. And, And it's a wonderful thing for us in our prayer lives to recognize We do have needs that we need to take to God. So often we struggle with our needs and we look to God kind of like he's he's the last resort. I mean, if nothing else works out, then maybe I'll I'll check in with God. He's kind of like the line of credit we have that we hope we never have to use. But if we ever really got in a jam, it's good to know it's there. And so many Christians look to prayer as something to which we resort to when nothing else has worked for us. That's not the approach that someone with a healthy prayer life is to have. There's a verse in the Bible I've always appreciated. I've always appreciated. It's Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. The Bible in that verse says this, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Now, we could pull so much out of that verse. I mean, the the place of prayer, the period of prayer. I mean, we could get a whole message out of Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, but you could wonder, why why would that verse, I mean, of all all the verses, why would you say that verse is really encouraging to you on the topic of prayer? I love that verse in Acts chapter 3 and verse 1 because it follows the last verses of Acts chapter 2. 
And we studied the last verses of Acts chapter 2 last week. And, and that chapter ended by saying this. And they continue, uh, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Really, we find in those two verses a place where it seems like everything's going great. They're a unified group. They're, they're glad. They're praising. There's joy. People are being saved God is doing a work and yet in the very next verse we find people of faith saying look we don't just go to God when it seems like the wheels are falling off even when it seems like everything's going great and couldn't go any better in times like that we're going to go to God in prayer because prayer for us is not a last resort it's a way of life it's communication that keeps the relationship close uh, that, that helps me to be where I need to be John Bunyan was a great preacher and a famous author. He wrote a very well-known book by the name of Pilgrim's Progress. He one time made this statement. He said, you can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. Prayer is a constant need in our life, and we know that prayer is a constant need because the needs in our life are constant. Let's go to the next question together. To whom should I pray? I originally wrote this point as, who should I pray to? But then I thought, you know, if my mom ever heard that, the English teacher in her would say, that's not the way to say that, son. So I'm sure I'll blow a lot of other uh, grammatical things. But uh, to whom should I pray? Who, who should I be praying to? And the answer of this may seem obvious. You say, well, pastor, we're in a church, a Christian church, no less. And, and, uh, and yet I really want to challenge our understanding of exactly who it is that we're to be praying to. And as David makes it clear that our prayer is to God, obviously, he writes this in verse 5. He said, for thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. David here is basing his prayer not just on the fact that he is going to some greater power, but he's going to a God who's a good God, a compassionate God, a loving God. In verse 15, the Bible says it this way, but thou, O Lord, art full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy in truth. It might be a good reminder for you today to know that our God is a good God. He, he knows of our needs. He knows of the hurts and the habits and the hang-ups in our lives. And He still wants us to come into His presence. Psalm 119 says, Thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. Friends, God is good. And God does good. We're not praying to an angry God who's out to get us. We're not praying at a God who's just uh, all, all the time uh, mad at us. We're praying to a compassionate Father who wants to help us more than we want to be helped. The story I'm going to tell now, I could tell uh, for either of my daughters in a variety of, of different seasons in life, but I've had calls from, from uh, my daughters where they've said things like, uh, Dad, I, I, I didn't quite make it through the month with all my finances. The month was longer than my, than my pay was long, and uh, can, can you help me in this regard? Can you, can you help me out? You know what, as a father, I love moments like that. 
If it's in me, if, if I have the ability, the capacity to make a difference in the life of one of my children, I desperately want to do that. Now, if it was bad management to put them in a jam, we might talk about that a little bit. But I've just got to tell you, there's something in the heart of this old guy right here that when his little girls, I know they're not so little anymore, but, but when they call and say, hey, Dad, we need some help. My, my thought right off the bat is, yes, you've got it. Now, what is it that you need? I want to be a blessing. I want to be a help to you. Let me tell you something. God is a father that excels in every way over the very best fathers we'll ever meet in the course of life. He loves you. In verse 10, David says of his heavenly father, he said this, Thou art great. God, you're great. And doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. David's saying, God, there's nobody like you. You're the best. You are God. And as true, or as trite rather, as that may sound, That is a basis for healthy communication. Knowing that you're loved and that you're accepted. Knowing that the one with whom you're communicating has the ability to help you and encourage you. Listen, you're way more likely to go to God in prayer when you really understand who you're praying to. I I know he's God and that that should be good enough, but, but I just want to underscore, he's a good God who does good things. He's the only true God. He's a great God, David went on to say, and that's to whom we pray. And that leads us to the third question today. How should I pray? How should I pray? If you're still alive, say amen. amen. Hot and muggy services make for tough crowds to preach to, okay? And, um, and, uh, and this is the coolest service of the day. It gets warmer in the next one and warmer in the next one. So, boy, I got my work cut out for me uh, today, no doubt about that. But, but uh, I want us to think about this point, all right? Uh, how should I pray? Let me tell you some things about this psalm, Psalm 86. It's not very original. In fact, if you took everything out of this psalm, you would find, in essence, everything else that is written in other psalms. Some people have surmised that David did not write this psalm, that it was really just a collection of statements he'd made in other places, and it was all all put together. But the vast majority of theologians and commentators on the psalms agree, yes, David did write this psalm. But it seems plausible that what David was doing in this moment is he's writing a prayer as he was picking and choosing from other prayers that he had also written to God. And that's awesome news for us today. Here's the point. We don't need originality or creativity creativity necessarily even when we come to God in prayers they just need to be from our hearts and in sincerity listen let me tell you today be real with God he is there he does hear he does care David said this in verse 3 for I cry unto thee daily daily that that reminds me of Paul's teaching on prayer in first Thessalonians when he said this pray without ceasing how should I pray well we should pray in sincerity just from our hearts daily the Bible would say without ceasing the Bible would say God is not more likely to hear a prayer if we come to him in, in a deeper voice or or in like uh, you know Shakespearean English something like this uh, that that's not what God's looking for from his children he's looking for that authentic heart I can think of times to go back to that analogy where the girls have called and they'll beat around the bush and and that dad heart wants to come out and say look something's up what is it just tell me what you need all right i can tell you're getting at something hurry up and get there you've circled the runway long enough let's land this plane and figure out why did you call and and i want you to know we can ramble on to god he doesn't mind that but but we have a god that doesn't mind us also just coming into his presence and saying father you're the best you're a good god who does good things you're the only god you're a great god and god i've 
I've got some things I need to talk to you about. Oh, listen, there was faith in David's life that allowed him to pray confident prayers. In verse 2, he said this, O thou my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Even in the midst of the difficulties in David's life, he said, God, I just want to get this right out of the way in verse 2. I don't even want to get down to verse 3. In verse 2, I just want to go ahead and get it out of the way. I already trust you. I've decided that. I'm not looking for you to perform up to my expectation before I put my trust in you. Let's just get that out of the way. I've already decided that you're a great God. I trust in you. He said, God, I'm coming to you with some massive needs, and I know you're up to the task. In fact, he prayed with a grateful heart. In verse 12, he said this, I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, for I, and I will glorify thy name forever. Friends, sincere, faith-filled, grateful prayers are not prayers that have closed their eyes to reality. They are prayers that have, have acknowledged that we all have needs and that God can meet those needs and we trust then in His plan. Faith does not presume to boss God around as some modern day preachers would, would, would portray it, that this is our means to put God's arm behind His back to make God do for us. No, that's not what prayer is all about at all. In fact, even Jesus, God the Son, prayed prayers like this, not my will, but thy will. Prayer of faith is a prayer that rests on God's power, God's abundant love. It's a faith that knows that if something is for our good and for God's glory, He will work in our lives. That's how we're to pray. Final question we're going to consider this morning is this. What should I pray for? The beauty of prayer is that we can share with God whatever's on our hearts. Prayer, by definition, means asking. Of course, our prayers to God don't have to be just formal requests. We can talk to God about anything. And when it comes to requests, we can come to him with, with anything. You say, well, you don't understand, Pastor. This particular mess, I'm not, I'm not a victim here. I was the cause of it. I mean, I was the, I was the agent of cause in this situation I'm going through. I, I, I feel inadequate coming to God saying, God, I got a mess here because actually I created this whole mess. He's a loving father. He wants to hear from you. We, we can go to God in prayer for any need we have. In Matthew 7, Jesus said it this way, Ask, it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. He just said, ask. There's no qualifying words there. He, he just said, ask. Just come to me. What's on your mind? What's on your heart? What are you up against? What are you dealing with? What are you going through? Just come to me and ask. Jesus added this in John 14. He said, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Uh, Lord, what can, I, what can I ask? Whatsoever. Whatever. Bring it on. Now, he says, ask in my name. In other words, when we go to God in prayer with, with the request, in the name of Jesus, we're basing our prayer on the authority of the finished work of Jesus on the cross and the victory that came by way of his resurrection. But we're also saying, God, ultimately what we're asking here for is something that is consistent with your will for my life. And so, God, I'm coming to you with my need, whatever that need is. And, God, I'm asking you based on an authority found in Jesus to work in my life. In this psalm, David prayed for salvation. We saw that clearly he prayed that he would have a heart of joy in his trials i mean in verse 4 he said it this way rejoice or put joy again uh, the soul of thy servant he prayed to learn from the adversities in his life 
In verse 11, he said, teach me thy way. God, I'm going through a difficult time. Would you teach me your way? Oh, Lord, I'll walk in thy truth. God, would you help me to learn a lesson from this season? I'll carry that lesson with me uh, throughout my life. And he prayed that God would receive glory from his life in the midst of his time of need. In verse time, uh, 9, he just said it this way, glorify thy name. God, I'm coming to you in prayer. You're a great God. You're worthy. Uh, and Lord, as I, as I am coming to you, I pray that through my life, your name would be glorified. In a book called Jesus Teaches on Prayer, Ray Stedman, uh, who's in heaven now, a great Bible teacher from Northern California, he, he told the story of Abraham Lincoln. And uh, Abraham Lincoln, our, our 16th uh, president, I, I believe he was the first official Republican uh, president ever, and, and uh, we, we all know the story of Abraham Lincoln, but he too was a man of faith. And uh, the story is told of an occasion during the Civil War where uh, he, he was spending much time in prayer, and he made this comment to people that asked him about it. He said this, I've been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had absolutely no other place to go. Now, I want you to think about what he said. He, he said, I've got needs... And I don't have anywhere else I can go with these needs. Something special happens in the heart of a Christian when God ceases to be a last resort. When prayer is what we get around to after we've tried everything else. And we have a heart and an attitude that says, God, you're above all, you know all, you can do all. Why in the world would I ever go anywhere else with the needs that I have? God, I'm coming to you. There's just no other place for me to go. I'm coming to you. The reality is there are a lot of places we can go with needs, and there are a lot of places we do go when we have needs, but there is nobody that helps us like Jesus. I want you to know when we go to God in prayer, God, he condescends to the needs of people like us. He's a God that cares. He's always concerned about what we're going through. He's a God who, who connects even to the hurt of our hearts. In fact, the Bible paints a picture. There are times where we can't even put into words the anguish of spirit that we're feeling. And in that moment of hurt, although we can't even formulate a word to accurately express how we're feeling, there's a God in heaven who hears that silent cry of our heart. He always Always knows how we're feeling and he's a God that champions the cause of his children God's desire is that as we follow him by faith and seek to live for him that we would have hearts that are open to whatever it is he would want to do so that like David we could say God would you through my life even through this trial would you receive glory so much could be said about prayer But today, I just want to encourage you to pray. You say, Pastor, you, you brought some information to some of the questions. I have more. I'd say go as far as you know and keep learning. Talk to God. Just tell Him. Tell Him what you're going through, what's on your heart, things you're worried about. Talk to God. Ask God to give you wisdom. The, the Bible makes it very clear that if we'll come to Him in, in humility, saying, God, I need a wisdom I do not have from you, God automatically begins to work in our, in our hearts and minds. You can, you can talk to God. Prayer. Of course, just like this connection series all begins with that connection with Jesus Christ, when it comes to the connection of prayer, there's a connecting point even there. 
And it's that prayer of faith. Where we come to God, not just to say thanks for the food or, or a, a prayer for those in need in Houston or other places, but I mean that very personal prayer where we come to God and with a heart of honesty we say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect. I've fallen short. And God, I need you to save me from the penalty of my sins. Now, I'm not a prophet, but I'll tell you this. Based on the authority of God's word, I can tell you he'll answer that prayer in the moment of belief every time. Every time. So maybe you're here today. If what I read is correct, 99% of you have prayed before in your life. It would be worth answering this question in our own hearts. But do I know that I have that relationship with God? I'm not asking today, do you believe in God? Have you ever talked to God through prayer? I'm asking, has there been that point in time moment where you came to God and said, God, I need to be saved, not just from a situation through which I'm going, but spiritually saved to a relationship with you. Our Father, we are thankful today that you're a God that hears prayers and answers prayers. God, it's interesting to me that you as our Heavenly Father spend so much time in your word teaching us of the value of prayer and, and giving us uh, stories of how prayer worked in a wonderful way and, and you teach us how to do it. I, I think of really the relatively few words we have in the ministry of Jesus and, and yet we find in the Gospels occasions where he's teaching us to pray and God, I would ask you to develop within us hearts of prayer. God, more prayer times would be great, but more praying Christians would be even better. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to grow in this way. And God, I pray that you'd help us today not to seek to be more religious, but that you'd help us to grow in our relationship with you. And God, no doubt for many today, that will mean begin that relationship. Open our hearts, we ask. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed this morning and such a massive topic, but I believe it's one that we all need to visit quite often. I wonder how many of you today would say, Pastor, I, I do believe there's room in my prayer life for growth and there was something mentioned in the midst of our study today that I believe could help me. There was something for me in this study today. Are there those like that by the testimony? Just a quickly raised hand. Pastor, there was something for me in that. It's good. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Now, maybe you're here this morning and, and you'd say, Pastor, I, I lost you a little bit when you talked about really that most important prayer. In some ways, that, that first prayer, the prayer of relationship. Let, let me ask it this way. Do you have an absolute certainty if you were to die today that you'd spend forever in heaven with God? And you need to know the Bible says that we can know that for an absolute certainty. And that most important prayer of which I spoke is that prayer that says, God, you said in your word, I could know I have that relationship with you. And I just want to pray now to confess my sin and ask you to forgive me so that I may have a relationship with you. I wonder, are there those this morning who say, you know, Pastor, when you, when you talk in terms like that, uh, I'm, I'm really not sure that I have that kind of a relationship with God. And uh, as others raise their hand and I'll be in prayer for them, maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, 
I'm just not sure I have that kind of relationship with God that that connection, so to speak, has been made. Are there those this morning by testimony? Just a quickly raised hand. Pastor, you can think of me. That's where I'm at in this study.